Hi, this is Robert O'Reilly. My name is Gowron. Honor to you and your house. You're listening to Trek FM. Star Trek The Next Generation podcast, and Happy New Year from all of us. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Now, with a kind of bit of boring behind-the-scenes information for you, we're actually recording this episode and the next one just before Christmas, but we're going to be taking a wee break, going to be recharging our batteries, so we haven't recorded any podcasts over the Christmas period, so we've recorded a couple couple of smaller ones just before then so that you've always got something coming out so we thought we'd have a little kind of question and answer session you guys are still trying to get to know us there's so many topics that we could cover with the next generation but we've decided to throw it out there to the Babel conference with all your amazing questions some are are, we're really excited to talk about so we're going to just have a little short episode today where we're going to go through some of your questions hear what my fellow co-hosts have to say about them and yeah um hopefully this will bring you a bit of you know post 2017 cheer you know i'm sure that those credit card bills are coming through you're feeling a bit hungover still from new year so hopefully this will be a nice little episode for you to enjoy okay so the first question and I'll kind of throw this out to you guys is, this is from the wonderful Greg. What is your next generation story? How did you find it? What about it appeals to you the most and your favorite episode and season? Now, this was actually posed to us just before we did a podcast that pretty much covered a lot of these things. But I'm going to throw this one out. I'm going to pick this part. What was your favorite episode and season, Amy? Oh, that is tough because I really do enjoy each and every season. I think they each um, highlight different things and showcase uh, different characters. I mean, I like seasons one and two. Um, so oh, I can't choose just one. I, I can't. Um, I really enjoy season four. That's a, that's, oh, I mean, and, and seven. I enjoy seven too. I know some people would disagree. Um, if I have to, I'll say season four. Oh no, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I love them all. Lee, could you pin it down to one season? Uh, probably four overall. I think four is just fires on all cylinders. It starts so strongly. It runs, you know, the gauntlet of it all. And then I think it ends incredibly well with the run up to the uh, the Klingon Civil War. So I probably have to go with season four. Yeah. And my favorite episode. Oh, that's a very difficult one. Favorite episode. Oh, I, I couldn't pick a favorite episode of the next generation. Um, Chain of Command. Yeah. Richard, what about you? Um. Well, uh, when it comes to seasons, it's definitely going to be season uh, five for me. Uh, a lot of those stories I actually absolutely love. Uh, uh, but like, uh, if we were to really pin down one specific episode that I, on TNG that I absolutely like, it would be Tapestry. Uh, Tapestry is um, mm-hmm. one of those ones that you know makes you think about your own life as well as you know 
what what it could be on on Star Trek as well. So yeah, it's just it's just one it's my go to one on TNG to be honest. <laughs> I wonder if there was a UPS man that delivered a package to a John Luke. Uh, was it called like a John Luke Picard <laughs> uh, this Christmas period? <laughs> so. We're going to go into our next question from a good friend of mine, brilliant guy, Ian Kimmins. And I'm going to be a bit of a cheat here. I think Ian has proposed a question, and I'm, I've not mentioned it to you guys here, but I think this could be a brilliant idea for an episode in itself. If TNG was reimagined, whether Prime or Kelvin, for 2017, who would you like to see cast, and what changes would those characters be made to? I think we should actually do this as an episode at some point in the new year. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree with that one. Cause I got a couple ideas that we could definitely dive into. We don't have, we don't have enough time. <laughs> what about you, Amy? Are you up for d- giving Ian a special commissioned episode that we're going to dedicate a whole episode to this amazing question? Um, I will for Ian. Yes. I will Ian, have to do a go. lot of research and you know, my creativity to just off the cuff. I'd, but I think it would be good um, to see. I would, if I prefer, I would like it in the Kelvin. Well, there we go. Oh, see, that, that's something exciting in itself. Yes. We'll, what we'll do, because we're taking a break over Christmas, we'll still do some homework. We'll bash out some ideas over the Christmas period. And then maybe this will be one of our first full episodes when we come back. We'll, uh, we're definitely going to do this episode justice. So Chris Chaplin asks, yes, a couple of questions. So we'll go with this first one. What are some of your favorite and most powerful moments that tackled ethics, such as Picard's, well, there it sits waiting, to look Zoana Troy and um, Tamikian's... Timison. you pronounce it again. Timison. Earl Grey points go to Amy. <laughs> uh, argument in Half-Life. Well, I have a couple now that I was thinking about it. And I do apologize. I don't remember... Uh... The, the episode name but and I know a lot of people don't like it but I really like the one where Beverly um and the two warring factions and it's the one about terrorists and she's down there and they're doing um <clears throat> they're do you know which one I'm talking about and the yeah, guy hi, falls in ground. love with her yeah higher yes ground. higher ground I three points to leave <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer in the lead. Anyways, <laughs> so I, I like Higher Ground. I think that it, I know a lot of people say it's too, you know, out there and too on the nose. But, I mean, it does give you a different point of view that I don't think you'd seen uh, much about terrorism from that point of view um, when it aired. So I really like that one. Oh, and another one I like is the one, um, oh, now I'm really not good uh where data uh and the little girl with the long fingers pen pals yes, pen pals points to lee yeah so in pen pals and you know i just love it when picard's like okay where are we now we're up to here you know how many times are we going to break the uh prime directive and help this girl and is it a cry for help when someone's just asking is anyone out there um those are just two that off the top of my head um are very good and ethical episodes I, I'm one, one that sticks out to me is Measure of a Man. Uh, definitely, uh, we all know why, because you know uh, what 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 is it? What is a human or what is life? And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's actually one of my favorite ones. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> okay, 
I'm going to pick Chain of Command. I think that the idea of torture is ever, ever always such a kind of huge issue we saw in the recent American election, the issue of torture. And I think if anyone watches the movie, uh, the TV movie Chain of Command, I think it presents a really fascinating insight into how we should treat prisoners and the psychological damage that people can, can inflict upon individuals. I think that's ever so prevalent. And I think the fact that Amnesty International were involved in a Star Trek episode says a hell of a lot about the standards in that episode. So I would say chain of command, the ethical decisions of torture are, are so fascinating. So Chris asks another question. Keen Chris. TNG set design, carpeted bridge, etc., and choice of classical musical performances by the crew, often criticised as uh, dating the show. What are your opinions on these aspects of the production? Do they not act as world-building devices? If so, what do these devices convey about Federation society? I'm going to throw this one to Amy. Okay, well, it was funny because I was watching an episode, and I in the conference room, they had these cush chairs and I think they were like this lilac rose colored and I was like what is going on with the color here the color scheme and it was so muted and pretty I guess you could say um so what does that say about Federation society um (laughs) I I think the um carpeted bridge and everything it definitely as some would say Oh, what is it? The Hilton of the Stars or whatever. What did they say? Yes, I believe that's what Zach Moore likes (laughs) to call it. The Regent. So it is uh, a ship of exploration and its main design is not to go into war. So I think that does um, just reiterate that fact that we're there to explore. And if we're, you know, carrying diplomats from place to place and, you know, as has been done in episodes... You know, it, they are going to have to have this level um, of comfort that is warranted for such ambassadors and stately positions like that. So I think it um, holds true to the philosophy of next generation. What do you think, Richard? Um, honestly, I, I never, I never thought I'd be thinking about the carpet of the Enterprise <laughs> or the color schemes. Um, what do you th- well, you're wel- welcome to a Star Trek podcast that has 150-odd-plus episodes. If you didn't think at some point the carpet was going to get mentioned, Richard, then you are a- as naive as I ever thought. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, yeah, like, I, I guess Voyager is carpeted. The Space Nine is kind of carpeted in certain areas. And Enterprise, I don't know, was Enterprise carpeted? I don't think so, no. I think it was they really kind of went with the submarine vibe for uh, Enterprise. Mm. No, okay. Well, I mean, actually thinking about it, I mean, that's a that's a very good question. It, it, very interesting. Uh, I didn't even think of it that way. I mean, for the music, I can see, um, obviously, um, probably in that time, they're probably thinking, you know, they don't want to offend anyone. So classical is the, all, is the go-to for almost everyone. But, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if let's say it, it does happen... I mean, yeah, it's a. It sounds like it's a very boring society that uh, that doesn't explore music. Um, uh, that uh, I, I don't know. They just don't explore music. I mean, really, we don't really hear any more music on uh, any other music unless it's from another species. Well, there's Beastie Boys, <laughs> but not in TNG. I actually think <laughs> I I totally agree with Amy. I think that the kind of 
whether we agree with it or not, the decor of the Enterprise really does reflect that it is a ship of peace and it's a diplomatic ship. It's very neutral. I think the one part that really um, dates it is like you walk around the ship and you've got pictures of like space on it. Like you're in space, you've got windows. <laughs> Just look out the windows. I can't remember which. I think it was Iris Stephen Bear that went, Why have they got pictures in the everywhere on the ship of space? Like you've got it right out there. You, you know, I, I love it in like Star Trek 6 when like you go into their conference lounge and it's like pictures of Sarek, Abe Lincoln. I think that's a really cool touch. Um, I don't know about you guys, but personally, I get a wee kick whenever I go to like a, a wee conference or whatever with my work or we're all around like a conference table and we're in our like kind of comfy seats. I always think, oh man, I'm living the Star Trek dream here. Like, you know, I, I'm no lieutenant commander or um, chief engineer or whatever, but I always get a kick out of sitting around a conference table. And I have a feeling that every Star Trek fan out there, when they sit around a conference table, get a bigger kick out of it than any other fan. Agreed. So, the wonderful Justin Ozer, who has commented some on all our threads, he's a, he, he's a great guy on Twitter as well, has asked a couple of questions. So, not sure if you've already answered this, but what are your favorite TNG characters and why? Richard. Worf. That's it. Oh, I love him too. <laughs> I, I absolutely love Worf. He's... Uh... I mean, uh, I love the Klingon uh, storylines and everything. It's just, it's it's an amazing storyline, and I really wish they could go even further. Maybe we'll see that in the new TV series. But my God, I, I, I yeah, Worf is just. I mean, yeah, he doesn't get too many lines and technical babble and everything. But anytime I rewatch TNG, really, um, like the what, uh, real episodes that I really watch more often than any other is the Kling- is the Klingon story arc. Um, and it's just, it's, it's compelling to me. I, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, whenever I think of Worf now, I always think, I, I'm sure you guys have seen it, that big YouTube video where it's like Worf getting put down every time he makes a suggestion. Have you mm-hmm. guys seen that mm-hmm. one? Yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> classic. So yeah, I can't think of Worf. So what about yourself, Amy? Your favorite Star Trek Next Generation characters and why? Well, my favorite is Troy. Maybe you might have guessed that. Um, I'm very excited uh, because I'm going to cosplay her, cosplay her next year. Go as Deanna Troy. So um, I just, she was the one that I could relate to on the show. So, you know, being female and everything, there wasn't her or Crusher. So um, I just really felt a good uh, connection to her and her role in the ship um, she always was willing to, um, help others and to put others first over herself and to have the concern of the crew over hers. And I tend to be a little bit more logical. And so I think from her, I learned that, you know, you do need to listen to your feelings and to trust your feelings and to learn about your feelings so that you can be more complete. And so for me, I think that's why she's my favorite character. I think she brings a sense of warmth and heart and feeling to the show um, that wouldn't be there otherwise. Now, are you go- when you cosplay her, are you going to go as before the uniform, the uniform, or the holodeck? <laughs> or the Velcro? There's you know so many variations. Or the, the long flowing blue dress? Okay, if I could find it, the blue dress, because that was my favorite. She was just most beautiful and, and classy in that. But I'm going to go uh, after Jellico puts her in the uniform. So, 
Awesome. Well, something to look forward to for Star Trek Las Vegas. Yes. Um, for me, oh, who would be my favourite? Like, I always loved Data and Riker most of all as a kid. Um, you know, I I just loved Data. Like, I was a bit of a, a bit of a loner at kind of primary school age, and there was something about Data where I thought he had a real charm to him in that kind of outsider perspective. And I was thought, I'd love to be as intelligent as Data, be as skilled as Data, and yeah, I think he's he's awesome and. You know, wait a second. I never even answered. The, I had an amazing point to make about the um, the music. <laughs> classical music is timeless. It does not date. So the Enterprise crew playing classical music is just as timeless as ever. Um, though on Star Trek Nemesis, when they've got those green drum symbols, that's incredibly dated. But classical music is not. <laughs> so Justin also asks. Oh, here's a, a bit of a tough one. It might it might be a bit of a challenge. Uh, what are your top three Next Generation episodes? Now, we all set, picked out a favourite episode. Um, is there any other couple episodes you'd love to throw on this kind of particular Barbie? Yeah, so um, I follow Justin on his tweets, and I'm feeling that he and I have a lot of things similar um, because he just uh, tweeted about Parallels, and that's my go-to episode. I love Parallels. I can watch it. And in fact, just this morning, I was like, I want to watch some Next Generation and, you know, was thinking parallels. Um, So parallels, um, all good things. I really enjoyed that one. Again, that's another go to where I can just watch it over and over. Um, To me, that's cinematic. That's like a movie. It's two hours. Um, I really like all good things. And then another one is cause and effect. And I could spend a whole episode, which we just might have to do, um, on that. And so those are my three parallels, all good things, cause and effect. Richard, do you have any top three? So, uh, obviously my number one is tapestry. Uh, I do love chain of command. It's one of my very uh, favorite ones, um, to go back to and watch over and over again. Uh, both parts, uh, and I guess you could say Ten Man is also uh, is also one of my favorites mm-hmm. as well. Because I mean, obviously, it's what started my whole fandom. Uh, it's very uh, it's a very interesting episode, uh, and I, I absolutely love it more nostalgia than anything else. Excellent. Oh, this is a, ch- a tricky one, and I'm last. Obviously, Chain of Command would be first. I love Redemption Part 1. I love the build-up to that kind of episode with Mind's Eye, for example. And, um, you know, probably Reunion. Uh, Chain of Command, Reunion. Oh, I don't want to go for Tapestry as well, because you've already gone for Tapestry. (laughs) I'm going to go for... I loved it so much as a kid, so I'm going to honour young little Lee. I love Time's Arrow. It it brings a joy to my face to see them running around San Francisco um, in the olden days. I think that it never, I never get bored of watching that one. So yeah, I am so glad to hear that because so many people don't like Time Zero, and I don't see what's so wrong with it. So I'm glad it's in your top three. Yeah, I love it. It's it's the best. It's it brings a joy to my heart. It was before time travel really had the butt kicked out of it in in Star Trek. So it's a joyful episode. It is. So this is now a, you know, very controversial question from Dave McNulty here. I wonder if he's related to uh, McNulty from The Wire. Um, and I'm going to not bother to ask Amy this, but I'm going to ask Richard. Is it better to skip generations and go straight from all good things to first contact? Richard. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a very controversial one. Uh, um, I'm going to go with... Um, 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, I mean, th- there's a lot of good stories. It's just. Um, yeah. Don't do it, Richard. Gener- Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, Generations is a good story. It really is. But, I mean, if we were to, I mean, because we don't see anything, we don't see anything that comes from uh, Picard wanting a family more, uh, unless you read the books. That's di- that's a whole different story, because he does eventually have a family with, um, spoiler alert, um, well, you know, I'm not going to say it because, yeah, he eventually does have a family in the books. If you want to read that, go for it. Um, but I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. But, like, yeah, I you could, y- yes, you could uh, skip generations completely um, and uh, go straight to first contact. You really could. And it would really wouldn't uh, would it mess up the story for you. What about you, Amy? You can't skip generations. What are you talking about? All those jokes about Troy crashing the ship, you would miss out on all of it. <laughs> Feet to the fire. And yeah. You can't miss Data getting his emotion chip and all those great one-liners. Open sesame. I have a magnetic personality. Ooh, I hate this. I mean, come on. There's too much good in that movie to just skip right over it. I mean... But the- no, we we need to watch it. There's too much good there. And Worf getting, you know, promoted. That's great data. That was not funny after he pushes Crusher in the water. Come on now. It's too good. It's too good. Well, he could have gotten promoted on D-Base 9. I'm just saying. I mean, Cisco could give him that promotion. I, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from what you just said. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's... I mean, we never, we really never see anything else other than... In generations, the humor of data. I mean, yeah, we see something in um, in first contact when he deactivates the emotion chip, but really, we don't see him, you know, letting loose like he did in generations. I'm gonna have to be obviously the decider here, as I'm the moderator for this episode. <laughs> I've made it one of my New Year resolutions to indulge Richard's wacky uh, <laughs> ideas, so um, I'm not gonna indulge this one, and I'm gonna give it to yeah. you. You can't miss generations. We've only got four. I want to recount movies. Miss insert. <laughs> Miss, Miss Insurrection, if you want. Bash with that. Okay, yeah. I'll agree also, with you also, on I that one. That was the controversial one to skip. But Generations, um, we j- recently, well, the night before we've done this one, we just recorded an episode with Standard Orbit guys talking about Generations. So you'll have heard probably some of our opinions on Generations there. But like, I'm going to just make a little quote here, a, a dramatic reading. As I am a British individual like Patrick Stewart, I'm going to read a line that I think is just brilliant from um, Generations and why people can't kind of skip it. Um, Yeah, Robert and Renee, they burned to death in a fire. Troy, I'm sorry. That's all right, Counselor. These things happen. Captain, it's not all right. Picard, I can't keep thinking about all the experiences that Renee is not going to have. Not going to the Academy, reading books and listening to music, falling in love, building a life. Well, it's not going to happen now. I didn't realise he meant so much to you. I'd come to feel that Rene was as close as I would get to having a child of my own. Your family history is very important to you, isn't it? From being a small child, I can remember being told about the family line. The Picard who fought Trafalgar, the Picard who won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry, the Picards who settled on the first Martian colony. When Robert married and had a son, I, you felt that it was no longer your responsibility to carry on the family line? Right, yes, that's exactly it. It. You know, counsellor, recently I've become very aware that there are fewer days ahead than there are behind, but I took comfort from the fact that my family would go on, but now there'll be no more Picards. That is incredible. That's probably one of the best bits of dialogue in any Star Trek movie, period. So Generations has to stay solely for that amazing scene. So, yes, 
Generations must stay, so I am going to side with Amy here against Richard, and Generations must stay. Yay, agreed, agreed. That is a great scene, and it sets it up for the whole theme of the movie of, you know, what does time mean to you? Yeah. Exactly. So we're down to our final few questions, and Chris Chaplin is back (laughs) again. Chris asks, top three secondary characters, Richard. Oh my gosh. Do we count, like those who have left and came back like Wesley Crusher? Yeah, you can count him as long as I yeah. can count him. Yeah. It's your question. You answer it how you want. Well, yeah, but... And it's our show. Anything that we say goes. <laughs> right. So uh, we're going to well, use I'm our just kind of like... power here as the host to say this is our interpretation exactly. and we're well, going with it. It's, it's Chris's fault if he has not attached conditions to his exactly. questions. I'm sorry, Chris. It's on you. <laughs> so, Richard, who are your top three secondary characters? Um, you know, I actually like. Uh, I know I'm going to catch flack for this, but I love Wesley Crusher, and um, he's he's just he's he, I, I just like it when he's on the episodes. Uh, I really do. Um, I mean, despite that, how annoying he can get, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, that's funny because I like him too, but I wouldn't consider him a secondary. But well, that's why I was saying, like, do we count yeah. second ones who leave and then come back? Because I mean, yeah, he was a primary for a little while, but he left too so it's yeah. like <laughs> no i agree with i agree with you um and uh i guess uh i do like uh what um luxwana troy is it luxwana yeah luxana Waxana troy there you go um again another annoying uh <laughs> personality but i apps you know it's one of those uh those episodes that i absolutely uh just i i, I get excited about because i'm like oh yes here we go <laughs> we get to annoyed picard and uh deanna troy and everyone else out on the bridge of the enterprise and then um from first duty uh Incensito. uh i have you know, she's only she's only been like on two episodes i think it was uh lower decks and um first duty and uh, yeah, I um I absolutely love the, both of those episodes. So, great character. What about you, Amy? Well, I my first one is Luaxana. Uh one cuz when she comes on, yep, you're right, she annoys Picard and that's priceless cuz you don't see anyone get under his skin like Luaxana. And then plus when she's on, there's always going to be more Troy lines and of course I like that. Um I like um Q as a character think he's fabulous and is always good to stir the pot as you would say Richard um and so the third one I'm still thinking I like um Ensign Leffler right the game um and the um oh who's the one that's uh Jordy's uh and she spills the coffee on Picard oh I can't. I can't remember her name. I thought you were going to talk about Leah Brahms. Oh, Leah Brahms. I like her too. We'll say yeah. Since, but I Waxon and Q were my first two that came up that were my favorites that I enjoy watching. Chris is going to absolutely love you for Leffler because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, he likes I threw her. that in just for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee. What are who are your secondary characters? I'm going to go with Lieutenant Broccoli himself, Reginald Barclay. That's what I would be in Star Trek The Next Generation. I would literally be on the holodeck acting out my fantasies of all sorts on the holodeck because it's amazing. Why would you not do that? Um, So I would definitely have Reg Barclay there. I would also have Gowron. I just think he's brilliant. Those huge, humongous eyes. Um, And I just love the way he says, Dora. 
Cool. I mean, everything he says is cool. I want to meet Gyron one day and just him to go, Lee Hutchison. You know, I'd love to hear that. Um, um, two else. Oh, I love Kalar. She's just so great. Gone before her time. Yes, I love um, her. I wanted, uh, She's on my list too. She's... Well, no, I clearly love her more because she was on my list. She was not on your list, Amy. So please don't try and say she was on your list because that is not factually correct. She is on my list. Thus, I love Kalar more. So I represent the Kalar fan club on this podcast and I'm the president of it. Well, I did meet her in August, so just saying. Oh, is she as nice as I suspect? She is tremendously just so just loves the fans and very patient and very funny yeah is she tall She's oh yeah yeah okay very i was gonna so. say because i remember her in the screens and i uh, just look just remembering on i remember that she's very tall <laughs> yeah and just still as beautiful as ever oh my goodness and her voice yeah and, i love it oh ooh, i'm gonna pick mott what well. oh the barber mott as well because <laughs> yeah yeah, the bar. No, yeah, Mott, the guy that works on Helm, Richard. Of course, Mott, the barber. Jesus. What? I think you're a bit hungover still from New yeah, Year, Richard. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, we're, we've got two questions to round us off here, and I, I'm really excited about the second one. Okay. Greg started us off and is going to finish us off. Is your favorite Admiral oh. Nechev? If not, then who? Oh, my Richard. God. No. <laughs> Nechev. I. I mean, I, I, I don't hate, I mean, I, I hate her character. I absolutely hate her character. And it's because it's always in those, it's always in those episodes that, that are controversial, like Chain of Command. And, um, and it's like, it's like, get a clue, please get a clue. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really have a favorite Admiral. Um, it's just, I mean, every time I think of Admiral, especially on a TNG, it's always Natev. And, um, I mean, I've I, I can't remember her name. Um, what is her name uh, that portrayed her? Natalia yes. Nolagulik. Yes, that's we'll it. We'll just say Natalia. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, me and Natalia. Uh, she's sweet. She's awesome. Ooh, me and Natalia. <laughs> she's sweet, and I uh, yeah, she's she's a great person. But her character, I, I I mean, I think they wrote it to to make you make you hate her because it was just it, I. Yeah, she's a stern uh, leader. Uh, I, I'll give I'll give him that because uh, she's only doing what she's uh, what what needs to be done. But at the same time, I absolutely cannot stand her. I mean, every time I every time I see her, I'm like, oh my god, it's Nachev, Nachev, Nachev. <laughs> so, what about yourself, Amy? Solidarity with Nachev, or have you got another favorite admiral? What about the one that becomes like he's super old and then he morphs into a young hip oh. admiral? Oh yeah, no, I don't like him. Oh, what was his name? <laughs> Um, okay, so who's the one I'm trying to look and I'm not good on... Um, we could do the guessing game. The, the Google. <laughs> um, the, the, the Google. Are you, are you the old person in that meme where it's like an old person looking at the glasses that's sat behind the computer, Amy? Okay, so who is the uh, Admiral? See, I'm, I'm even trying to look now. Uh, the Admiral on uh, Measure of a Man. Oh, is she not like a judge advocate in I, general? Yeah, I, she, I think she was a judge she? advocate. Yeah. Oh well, sorry. I like her. Um, but the guy Nakamura is that his name? Admiral yes. Biz, yeah, Nakamura. The guy. Yeah, I like him too. He's he comes to mind when I think of an admiral. 
whenever I think of Nakamura was like a famous footballer from my football team Celtic and there's a famous thing where like he scores this wonder goal and it's like Nakamura and whenever I watch Nakamura pop up in Star Trek I always think of a footballer a Japanese footballer yes so um there's that I love Nacheyev she is a ball busting admiral she is what I would be like as an admiral we love Picard Oh, he's so great. He's so wonderful. She comes in. She doesn't care. This is your job. Go do it. She doesn't. She's not biased in any way. She's brilliant. She flies the flag, and I I fully respect her. And I I totally feel the same. See if she comes in, it's like oh god, here comes here comes the boss. And I'm like that with my work. If my boss is coming in, it's like oh no, here she comes. And Nechev, she's brilliant. Um, so I'm very happy. I'm a Nechev fan. Thing. So that's. One Nechev fan, Richard. <laughs> no, I like her too. He, Amy oh, likes yes. her. Richard likes Nat. Natalie, Natalia. Majority killed me again. Richard and Natalia. <laughs> and Greg's given us a really good question to end us on. So, an off the cuff question: What other shows are you watching currently, or just top five non Trek shows of all time? So, Richard, what's your answer to Greg's non Trek question? Uh, um, right now, I, I I'm I mean, I watch quite a bit of shows. Uh, I'm not really a DC um, uh, TV show f- uh, fan like Arrow and, and Supergirl. But, like, um, right now, um, I'm going back through How I Met Your Mother. Uh, hmm. Friends is also another one that I really like. Um, a show that uh, that was discontinued after one season, actually, I think they only got one season, was Space Above and Beyond, uh, a, a military sci-fi uh, um, uh, show. Uh, the unit is also another one that I uh, that I watched quite a bit actually, considering my uh, military background. Um, and another episode, another I, I re- those are the, those are my core four uh, that I really go uh, go off of. Yeah, I watched Star Trek. Well, obviously, it's not <laughs> non Star Trek. Um, I, I watched I, obviously Star Trek would be above all of them. Um, but like, um, I really that those are those are really the five I watch <laughs> right there. Well, I think you and I watch very different things. Yeah, Richard. Uh, no, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. do watch a lot of military, uh, a lot of military movies and uh, TV shows and all that kind of stuff. Comedy is my thing, as well. So, How I Met Your Mother, Friends, uh, The Unit, uh, Space Above and Beyond, and as well as uh, Clone, uh, Clone Wars, Star uh, Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> Hoorah! So, Amy, what are your kind of five top non-Trek shows or what other shows are you currently watching? Well, currently, um, and I tell everyone about it because I think it's just a fabulous show, is Madam Secretary. And uh, Leah Tioni does a fabulous job. I love the show. And so Madam Secretary is what I wait for every week. comes on Sundays. Um, I really enjoy uh, the little uh, half-hour comedy Blackish. And uh, me and my brothers really enjoy NCIS, the original. Sorry, Scott Bakula. Um, but we like NCIS. And then, like, two all time, and I own all the seasons, is the Seinfeld and um, Friends. So, those I can just watch over and over, quote them. It's so sad because, like, I, you know, I quote them all the time, and my students are so young, they don't really know and they don't get it. And, it's whatever. Doesn't that suck? So, yeah. <laughs> it does, because I'm like, it's such a good episode. You need to see it. So when they do get it, it's pretty fun. So, Lee, what uh, occupies your TV time other than Star Trek? 
Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of Louis Through documentaries. He's just this wonderfully, I don't know if you guys know him very well across the pond, but he's this very aloof British documentarian and he explores the weird kind of parts of American culture. He did a great one on gambling in Las Vegas, the Westboro Baptist Church in America. Um, he really goes out and investigates that. And I, I recently just on my other podcast uh, interviewed one of the guys that was on one of the documentaries with Louis Theroux. So that was like a total treat. Um, I'm also, I'm just sat right next to my Fraser and Seinfeld box sets. Um, I'm a huge fan of them. They were two of my favorite comedies in the 90s and still are. Um, just now I'm not watching a lot of TV. This is the run up to Christmas. So I'm kind of watching kind of non-traditional kind of tv and stuff i'm i love studio ghibli i'm watching some of them just now i always think if i had a little girl i would never tire of introducing her to like studio ghibli movies i think they're a great advert for female empowerment great stories for kids to learn morals and values from and i think that for pound for pound they're better than disney and pixar um and christmas isn't the same without watching james bond movies i'm a huge james bond nut um i've visited skyfall uh, well the skyfall locations up in the north of scotland i've been to all the different places in london that have been used as james bond sets so i'm currently watching quite a lot of uh, james bond just now in the kind of run up to christmas and um, so yeah those would be would be mine so i think that answers everyone's question so thank you all so much for you know taking the time to help us uh, put together this little random episode so we can go off and enjoy a wee christmas break and um, we really appreciate you all sending these questions and we hope we've answered them all as best as we could they they really had our brains racking and i think we got to learn more about each other as much as you guys have learned about us so thank you so much for sending them our way yes thank you so much it was very fun to interact yes it was very fun (laughs) so talking about all your questions isn't the only thing that we've been talking about here on trek fm here's what you might have missed on all our other shows previously on trek.fm Earl Grey. And then as kind of a teenager, I kind of drifted a bit from Star Trek and, you know, I pretended one time when I went to see Star Trek Nemesis that I was actually off to see Elf instead because that sounded cooler than seeing Star Trek Nemesis. Um, Maybe it still is. To the journey! Maybe even playing it with Tuvok, who I think will be brilliant at it, and then and then it just constantly going, like I'm just getting really annoyed. Tuvok would be the Operation Champ. Yeah, he would, yeah. See, and then the evil holographic doctor from Equinox is singing, you know, the particular nodes connected to the... <laughs> yes. Warp 5. We should get Larry Nemechek on, and we should do a supplemental episode where we just talk and we act like we're Tellarites and we just insult each other for the whole episode. <laughs> he would probably love it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That would be... I might have to get coached by our listeners. Meta Trex. And that's that's the world of language that we live in. It's not this this purely referential sense of language. Like when Riker says a minuet, he doesn't just mean, oh, yeah, that thing minuet that I can point to, whatever that is on the holodeck, right? A 17th century French dance. Maybe, maybe he wants to dance. <laughs> Riker wants to bust a move. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. You can listen to every show on the network at Trek.fm with links for iTunes, streaming services, and a direct download link. This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPod, iPad, Kindle, Android, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. 
Thank you, Audible, for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. If you are a weekly listener and would like to directly help Earl Grey, please consider becoming a patron of Trek FM. At patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose a pledge level and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. You will be inside the observation lounge of our network, able to participate in our monthly patron roundtable podcasts and supporting the production of all our great content. We would like to take this moment to thank our current Patreon associate producers, Stephen Boyd, Michael Huter, and Ron Sarna. Thank you for supporting Earl Grey. Connect with other Trek FM listeners on our Facebook discussion group called the Babel Conference, found through the Facebook search field, or like the facebook.com slash trekfm page for show updates and announcements. The network is also on Twitter at trekfm. If you would like to contact Lee, Richard, or Amy, that's me, visit trek.fm slash contact to send us a subspace message or find us on social media. Richard, where can people find you on the webs? Uh, uh, they can actually find me on the Babel Conference, so pop in here and there, um, and also uh, tw- on Twitter at uh, xransom. And you can find me also on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson. But my favorite place to be is on the Babel Conference. I love it there. So welcome to interact and talk with you there. Lee? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Lee underscore Nostromo. You can find me at Star Trek VHS. And you can find me on my other podcast, Filibuster, talking about geek culture and everything in between. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Goodbye and great joy and gratitude. Today is a good day to die. There are four lights. Nakamura!